RadioInfluence.com. Welcome, 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 welcome back to Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. How's everyone doing out there? Welcome to 2020. Yes. Welcome to the first episode of the new year, the new month, the new decade, you know, and if you were paying attention to what we were talking about in the last episode before the holidays, we were talking about focusing on moving the needle, focusing on moving the needle, doing bigger, better, more, more life, more riding, more everything. And I hope, I hope that you all have had an opportunity to start this next chapter of your life in grand fashion, grand fashion. I hope that you have gone for your ride already this year. Okay. It's the beginning of January. I'm I'm hoping that regardless of where you are, minus extremely inclement weather, that you have had an opportunity to throw a leg over and go for a ride. I don't care if it was a ride up the block. I don't care if it was a ride around the corner. I don't care if you just turned it on and and just rolled a couple of feet. All right, maybe a little bit more than a couple of feet. But the point is, I hope that you have had an opportunity to reestablish, reconnect with your motorcycle, uh, particularly if you live in portions of the world where you know you, you feel the full effect of the seasons where it is January and in and, and some places January means that it is really cold or whatever is going on with your weather where you live. I hope that you were able to still, regardless, you were able to find time to throw a leg over your motorcycle. And, you know, it's important. It's important. I, every year, every year, I go for an annual New Year's day ride. And I've talked about this before. It's very important for me to, and I don't go, you know, it's not like a long, it's not a, you know, an iron butt situation. I'm not on the bike for hours. I'm on the bike for maybe an hour and I have a route and, you know, sometimes I mix it up, but it's important for me to spend that day, a portion of that day, reestablishing, reconnecting with my machine. And, and that's real. when I do that, when I do that, and if you do that, this is what you're doing, okay? This is what you're doing. You are reestablishing your soul with the universe as a motorcyclist. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. And actually, you do it every time that you get on the bike. But to do it on the, the, the start, the beginning, the, the first day of the year, for me, that says, okay, I've done... The first thing that I've done this year is establish myself again as a rider. And that's and that that's what being a rider is to me. Constantly reconnecting, reestablishing. Uh and again, that coincides with my theory, not my theory, on my mission, my mission of moving the needle this year 2020 is all about bigger, better, more, more riding more life, more positivity, more everything, more progression. And that's what I want for you. So I hope that if you have not done so yet, I hope that you will find time 
within the next two to three days, two to three days, give, I'm going to give you, all right, I'm going to give you a week. I'm going to give you a business week of five days. You get five business days, five business days, okay, <laughs> to find time. Don't find time. Make the time. Don't you make the time. Make this happen. Okay, your boy, Mr. Black Moses is, let, is, is asking you to make time to go throw a leg over your bike and go for a quick, short, if not long. If you can, great. But if you can only get in just a little bit, call it a mile. Call it a mile. Let's go for a mile. I'll accept around the corner, the block. I'll accept that. But let's set the goal. Let's move the goalpost from the block to a mile Go for a ride. You will feel great. You will feel great. You will reestablish yourself. You'll reconnect your soul with your bike and the universe. You dig? Welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, y'all. Let's ride. Listen, man. You know, it's been over a year since the first episode of Life in the Fast Lane drop. Hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. So I want to... I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to all of you uh, who have been riding with me since the first ep. Uh, I appreciate all of the love and the support. I appreciate uh, you listening every week. I appreciate you subscribing. I appreciate the positivity and, and the great vibes sent my way. And I appreciate if you have shared the podcast to people who you feel as though may appreciate and may dig, or as the old folks say, people who may be picking up what I'm putting down, you dig? Um, <laughs> so I want to say thank you to all of you. And, um, you know, it's been a learning process. It's been a learning process. I am, I jokingly, I joke with my wife that I am a professional talker. And, and you know, it's what I do. I, I, it's one of my, <laughs> I'm about to say talents, but it could be a gift and a curse. You know, sometimes it is about, uh, sometimes it's better to be a listener than a talker. But uh, in this sense, uh, you know, being a talker has gotten me into some great situations, being able to express myself with words, being able to verbalize things, okay, being able to pontificate on matters and subjects has allowed me to really move forward uh, in my life, in my career, particularly regarding the motorcycle industry. And so, you know, the fact that I have an audience, um, the fact that I have a, a vehicle to express verbally beyond being a motor journalist, beyond being uh, you know, for those of you that do, and I appreciate each and every one of you that do uh, read Sport Bikes Inc. magazine and you check out my articles and the articles of my staff and, and, and writers and contributors of the magazine beyond uh, be, being a journalist, beyond that scope and beyond anybody who's come to one of my events, who've seen me host things and, uh, you know, be if, if you've seen me on TV or in a film or whatever. Anybody that has seen those things or supported me in, in those avenues, I'm saying to you that to have a vehicle such as a podcast, it's been a learning process. Um, and shout out to my producers, Jerry and Jason, because I am a pain in their ass. I know I am. Um, 
I am. I know. I know. Um, but I'm working on it. Damn it. I'm working on it. So, uh, in the, in the process of learning, in the process of learning, um, about this whole world of podcasts, what I've learned, what I've learned is that oftentimes it's not just about having a subject. It's not just about having a topic. It's about having a topic that you connect with that is part of you. So let me just say a real thing. It's not about selling anything, okay? It's not about trying to convince anybody of something. And and I hope that this is conveyed when you listen to the episodes, whether whether it's a, an extended monologue or if I'm speaking to a guest. And in 2020, moving the needle, we're going to have more guests and, and more guests. Who, we're going to have some surprises uh, that, that are lined up for this year. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, I, I feel that it is important that it's not just about the topic. It's about your connection to the topic. Obviously, being a motorcyclist, being an enthusiast, being a race fan, being a track day guy, just being a straight up rider. My connection to my topic is authentic. It's organic. And I hope that that comes through. Not just in my voice, but just, you know, in the, in the, in the, I hope that I'm evoking that type of, uh, uh, synergy, synergy. I hope that I, I am, I am establishing with you all this sense of synergy that I have with motorcycles and my, and that to me, that surpasses love and passion for when you have a synergy, you can you can love motorcycles. You can be passionate about motorcycles, but you could be missing out on the synergy, which is the straight up connection, the connection. I have I hear this so often. Uh, individuals will say, oh, I love motorcycles, but I could never get one. And that never makes sense to me. It never makes sense to me. You know, uh, oh, oh, man, I, you ride motorcycle. That's great, man. That's great. And then my retort is something like, oh, oh, do you ride? No, 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 I don't ride. I love them, though. I love them, but I could never, ever ride one. Have you ever ridden? No, no, no. And that's all. And it boggles my mind for people who say that they love motorcycles and that they've always been have been fascinated by them. But when you ask them, do you have you will you ever think about the retort is the response is no I could never and so that's what I'm talking about having the synergy having the connection is different than having the love and the passion those are elements of the synergy but you can have love and passion without a connection some of you may be in romantic relationships and you can sympathize with what I'm saying. You can be in love with a person. You can you can be passionate about a person, but there is absolutely no connection beyond those two. So you have those two first elements covered. But when in, in the grand scope of things, there's no synergy. And I just like that word synergy. So. Um, when we're talking about synergy and we're talking about writing and we're talking about uh, using your voice, using your gift, using your talent. And that's what I want. That's that's my point. That's what I'm getting to. When you I've been able, I've been blessed. I've been fortunate. Uh, and I ever so graciously. Oh, I'm so I'm so thankful that I've been able to 
talk my way. <laughs> Some people talk their way out of situations. I've been able to talk my way into situations because I have a connection, a synergy with my subject matter. And that's what life is about. Life is about finding those connections. Life is about finding the ability. No, life is about having the ability ability to recognize what you are connected to. And sometimes, sometimes there's a difference between being connected to things that are going to benefit you and being connected to things that are going to be detrimental to you. You have to decide. You have to, you're, you're the best person in that position you're the best person in that position to determine if what you're connected to is helping or hurting you. Now, I often, and this is true, I hear often people, you be careful riding those motorcycles. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. And my, I'll respond. You be careful walking because it, the, the the notion, now granted, granted, what we do as riders is the level of difficulty and the, the the level of risk is beyond, is so greater than pedestrians and and people who drive cars okay the level of risk and the level of danger if you want to say is greater i accept that i know that but because i'm aware of that yeah i'm naturally i'm naturally i try to I, I do my best to be safe um but it, it, when you watch people in cars and see how reckless they are, and honestly, when I watch people walk down the street and see how reckless they are, you know, and then I'm being told I'm the one wearing a helmet, <laughs> okay? I'm wearing a helmet, jacket, gloves, boots, sometimes uh, appropriate riding pants. I'm geared up to the nine. That's what I do. But some of these people who are just walking down the street, not looking where they're going because their face is buried in their iPhone or, or smartphone, whatever. I've seen people walk into poles. I've seen people walk into glass doors. I've seen people walk into or, or, or fall down steps off of you know curbs. I've seen people almost get hit by cars because their faces were buried in their smartphone. And, and But I'm being told... To be safe, and I I accept it. You know, thank you. I appreciate the well wishes, but you be careful too. You be careful too, because that's just you know, it's kind of it's it's ironic. I, I think that's the proper uh, use of the word. It is ironic that as a rider, I wear safety apparel. I'm wearing safety apparel. Okay, the people who should be wearing safety apparel are often most fall victim to their devices or other traffic or other elements in the world. Okay. Quick story, quick story. This is a a, a young black Moses story. Now, when I first received my driver's license, my first car, shout out to my dad who helped me out with this in a major, major way. Father of black Moses, dad of black Moses. Good looking out pops. Um, it was it was it was a nice sedan. I won't get into the particulars of what type of vehicle it was, but it was a nice sedan. Now, at the time, I'm 16. I was obviously I was into uh, action sports, uh, BMX, bike riding, uh, skateboarding. 
And I had, it was, it was just who I, I've always, I, it's who I've always been. But I remember this particular day, I'm driving my car. And it was one of the first times that I was driving downtown Philly. I remember going around City Hall. I'll get to what was what I what I was donning in a moment. I was going around City Hall. I was coming off of Market, okay, coming off of Market, and I was going around. I was heading south, uh, to, heading towards South Broad Street, and I saw the whoop whoop behind me, and I'm like, crap. I mean, I'm a 16, 17 year old kid, and this car, which is it was a nice car, and it was you know, and I get pulled over. And I'm nervous, but I'm I'm thinking to myself, why? I'm nervous, but I'm not really sure why I'm being pulled over. So I get pulled over. The officer comes over to me. And I, you know, I lowered the window. And the officer says to me, he says, uh, how you doing? I'm and I'm I'm fine. Uh is there a problem, officer? <laughs> is there a problem, officer? The officer says to me, um, is there a reason why you're wearing a helmet? <laughs> and that's right. I was wearing my helmet, my BMX bike riding, and it was bright yellow. You like you couldn't miss it. So <laughs> I'm behind the wheel. <laughs> like I'm some like like I, like I'm an F1 driver, got my helmet on, and I'm driving. And, you know, I get pulled over and it just, I was, I didn't do anything wrong, but the officer wanted to know why I was wearing a helmet driving a car. My response to him was, I said, because it's safer. And he looked at me. Here's this, you know, it wasn't, I didn't mean it to sound smart ass. I didn't mean to be a smart ass kid, but it was the truth. I was wearing a helmet in my car. <laughs> Because I felt like it was the safe thing to do. And I don't know how much thought went into it. I'm driving into the city. You know, you know, I I don't know. You know, it, it, it could get rough. I'm like, you know, it, I wore a helmet because I thought it was the safe thing to do. The officer laughed a little bit, but he pulled himself together. Um, and he just, then he says to me, OK, he ran my info, told me to sit tight. He told me to sit tight. Then he ran my info, came back. And said, um, okay, all right, uh, you're good to go. Just be careful, be safe. And I said to him, I said, well, officer, that's what the helmet is for. <laughs> and I got on about my way. The point is, the point is, I am, I've always been an individual who uh, has looked for I've had I've had a great sense of self-preservation since day one. And it's interesting to see my son, who's now uh, my son, uh, my youngest son is he's eight. And he is you talk about a self-preservationist. This kid is, you know, but he's adventurous, but he wants to be safe about being adventurous. Um, and it's interesting to watch my my son emulate how, you know, just, it's just memories of how I was, how I could only imagine my father saw me. Um, and at a certain point that switch got turned and I became a little bit more reckless, a little bit more of a hooligan through my, uh, teenager, early twenties, through my twenties, I became, you know, much more of a reckless 
hooligan and, you know, the shenanigans and brouhaha ensued. But it, it, the, the, the point that I'm trying to make is that it's, it's interesting to uh, have people be concerned about what we do. And if, and if I had to, if I had to say it to everybody, to anybody, it, I would say it as such. I believe motorcyclists are some of, if not the most self-aware, safe and cautious people on the planet because we have to be. We have to be. We don't, uh, we don't get from point A to point B in a steel cage on four wheels. Okay, we're not behind an engine block. We're not uh, potentially protected by a deploying airbag in in the event of a collision. We don't have those luxuries. And even though there are companies like Alpine Stars and Dainese who are coming out uh, with uh, kits, you know, apparel that do have airbag deployments in the event of an off um, and there, that technology is coming, but on the rip, you know, for the average street rider, the average commuter, that technology isn't prevalent. So we really are, we really are. It's, it's us, the bike and the elements. That's it. We're on two wheels. We're on two wheels. And the people who often say to me, you be safe on those bikes are the ones who I need to be protected from. Because if they're in their car and they're not looking or paying attention or if they're walking and they're on their phone and they don't realize that they're crossing into an intersection and and they have a red light and they're supposed to stop and I have the right of way. And even though pedestrians have the right of way, I mean, honestly, it's madness. It's absolutely madness. I've figured I have figured that the human mind only has a certain um, a certain capacity for multitasking. And I've witnessed this. I've experienced this. I've been subject to it. Whereas a, an individual behind the wheels, behind, behind the, the steering wheel of a car is potentially drinking coffee, texting, messing with the radio, dealing with other passengers, be it kids or whoever else is in the car, potentially, uh, I mentioned they're on their phone, uh, potentially uh, putting with no shade to any of the ladies, but potentially putting on makeup, uh, potentially doing hair, whatever. Okay. The mental capacity at that point, in my opinion is in my professional opinion, as a professional journalist, as a professional talker, and as a professional writer, my opinion is, is that the human mind is at its capacity and they're only looking for, other like vehicles. Now, granted that in itself, there's so many car accidents when people are going to and fro work, particularly in the morning, everybody's in a rush. You got to get to where you need to get to. You got to drop so-and-so off at school or at the office. You got, you got to get to work. You got to go here and there, and you got to do all this stuff in the span of whatever time you're in the car. So most of the time you're been, I've been victim of this myself. Sometimes the only thing I'm looking out for as a driver are other vehicles and maybe pedestrians. Now, I've been trained as a because I'm a rider. I know to look out for other motorcyclists 
whether I'm on my bike or whether I'm behind the wheel of my truck. I look out for the cookout. Now, now the average person doesn't have that training or that frame of mind. They are definitely maybe looking out for other four wheeled vehicles, maybe pedestrians while they're doing the rest of their morning or afternoon routine. But when it comes to seeing something that looks like uh, think about this. How often do deers get hit? And granted, it's the deer's fault, too. They got to take some responsibility. They be, you've seen those videos. Deers be, particularly in Pennsylvania, where I live, deers be jumping. It's like they are trying to, you know, <laughs> it's like it's, it's like they lost a bet or something like that. But the point is, is that most drivers don't have the capacity in, in lieu of everything else that they are doing to see a motorcyclist which is often why you hear the driver say when it comes to a car and bike collision, the driver will say, I did not see them. I did not see them. And that's what the scary thing is. That's what's scary. So when, when, when you are a rider and people say to you, be safe, be safe out there. Accept it, say thank you, and you remind them to be safe as well. They have response. It's not all on us to be safe. We don't, we're not the only safe ones. We're not, we're not the only ones with that charge of being safe. We all have to be safe. The drivers should pay attention. The drivers, you pay attention too. I'm a defensive rider. <laughs> <laughs> Did I, I'm often not, I'm supposed to be an, an offensive, right, wait, is that right? My dad used to tell me, I always got this mixed up. Are you supposed to be defensive or are you supposed to be offensive? You're supposed to be defensive. You're supposed to be defensive. And I am, it could be perceived as offensive from time to time. What do I mean by that? That means that if I am in a pocket of vehicles, of cars, I'm on my bike, I'm riding, I'm rolling, I'm at speed. If I find myself in a pocket of vehicles, cars around me, I will safely, aggressively get away from that pack of vehicles because I don't like being surrounded by other people who may not be aware of my presence on the road. So that's what I'm talking about being a little offensive, offensive, okay? Defensively, I'm watching out. I'm watching out for other vehicles. I'm watching out for cars. I'm watching out for small woodland creatures. I'm watching out for pedestrians. I'm watching out. So in my opinion, it is important to be as equally as offensive. I'm sorry, (laughs) equally as defensive you ride, you should equally be offensive, Meaning that if you see an opportunity to put yourself in a safe position on the road, you should take advantage of that and do so safely, not to the point where you're causing um, uh, an accident or you cause you're being so reckless. I mean, I've had people that I've gotten away from and they tried to speak up to me because they were upset that either I split the traffic, went through them, went around them. I've had people try to close me off. And my thing is this, honestly, the likelihood of you ever seeing me again is so minimal. The likelihood of me seeing that person ever again is so minimal. I'm just, you know, let me be on my way. Don't make it a thing. 
Don't make it a thing. If you want to be able to do what I do, then go get your motorcycle license and I'll see you on the road. You dig? Listen, everybody. Listen. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I got my son. He's walking. Both of them are walking around the house talking about, listen, man. Listen, man. I am excited about this year, about this decade. I'm excited about moving the needle. I'm excited about riding. I hope that you guys and gals are just as excited as I am and that you and that I'll see you guys and girls out there. I hope that we'll get an opportunity to link up. There's a there's a plethora of lifestyle events that I will be involved with all over the country. Uh, and this year looks to be one of my busiest, busiest yet. Uh, I've got things coming up in Texas, Austin, Texas for GP. I've got things coming up in New Jersey. I've got things at New Jersey Motorsports Park. I've got things coming up in Philly. Uh, I've got things coming up with Ducati. I've got things coming up with Polaris. I've got things, obviously, with Sport Bikes, Inc. magazine. Um, there's so much going on. And, uh, you know, just I, I, I hope that I hope that you are as excited and you are about your life, your bike life, and that you are working toward moving the needle. You dig? That's our show for this week. Please, as always, follow the show on Instagram at Life in the Fast Lane Official, on Twitter at LITFL Official, and on Facebook at Life in the Fast Lane Podcast. Please hit that like, hit that share, hit that subscribe, drop a comment, give us a rating, tell us what you like and what you love about the show. And as always, we'll be right back here next week with an all new episode of Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. I'm gone. This is a Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Hey, everybody. Guess what? It's the beginning of the new year. It's 2020. And I wanted to start this year off with a very inspirational person. And that person is a wonderful woman that I've known for about 11 years. Her name is Jen McKinnon. Jen is an inspiration. She is a friend of mine. I'm a huge fan of hers. And I only wish that I had the determination that she does. Jen is a businesswoman. She's a fundraiser. Uh, She is a mom of two. She is a wife. She is a sister. She's an all around badass and guess what she's got cf but you know what she's got some pretty amazing things to say about it ladies and gentlemen welcome to duffified live jennifer mckinnon duffified live with chef brian duffy can be found on apple Podcasts, stitcher tune in radio google play and radioinfluence.com